Welcome, everybody, to the Cleared Off the Line podcast for soccer fans and soccer players alike. I'm Forrest Tucker. And I'm Terry Craig. Let's get right to it. What's up, everybody? Cleared Off the Line podcast sponsored by absolutely no one, but uh, <laughs> that's our We're right working because on it. the Bundesliga, Terry, is back this weekend. How are you feeling about that? I am excited to have live sports on my television. It seems like that it has been forever, but specifically, I love having soccer on my TV. Whether it's Bundesliga or whatever league, I am just ready to see the ball on the pitch. How are you feeling, Forrest, about it? I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm feeling pretty happy. I went to my mom yesterday, and I said, guess what's on TV on Saturday at 9.30? And she said, what? I said, well, it's... It's Bundesliga, it's German soccer, so it's going to be good. I think it's nice that the first league back is a league that uh, really, in my opinion, is pretty cool and underrated. Uh, if you like to really, the, the game's not as flashy as Premier League maybe, but in my opinion, it's a really cool league, and I think it's going to be entertaining towards the end of uh, this season. So what are your impressions uh, going forward for it, you know, as far as the teams and you know, just how it's going to play out? with uh, the race at the top? Uh, well, the race at the top is pretty tight. That's something that we kind of forget about since we haven't seen it in a while. I think um, top three separated by five points is what Bayern, 55, Dortmund, like 53, and Leipzig, 50. And really two good teams, a lot of good players on the team. As you said, Bundesliga probably isn't the flashiest of the league, of all the leagues, but I think these three teams have a lot of flash to them. Let's oh, not yeah. forget. Yeah, let's not forget. Like, Bayern has, what, Lewandowski, all those dudes. And Dortmund's led by Jordan Sancho and Leipzig led by Timo Werner. I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of goals. I know these dudes are going to be tired these first couple of games. But still, I think um, all three of these teams have a lot of goal power, a lot of flashiness to them. So I think they're going to bring a lot of excitement to our television screens. Yeah, of course. Dortmund is actually on 51 points, but regardless, that's like the top there. And you could say that Bayern and Dortmund are just going to be, you know, it's a toss-up between them. But Leipzig could keep up on some people. But really, I don't know if there are any guarantees about our past uh, uh, knowledge of these teams because this coronavirus has changed everything. And so you, we're going to see some rust going forward, and it's kind of going to have to be what team's the healthiest, uh, what team yeah. handles this the best, and then... What team can uh, just have their maybe their their off the field strategy as far as yeah. how they handle the health of their players? Uh, and how I would do they say that's the best, and that might be a title winning uh, factor there. Yeah, and I'll say this about what you said about health. I think of those three teams that we've been talking about. I think that's going to affect Leipzig the most because um they're really a pressing team, the constant pressed, and I feel like. In order to do that, you have to be a top fitness. And I think uh, just with this long layoff, I think that's going to affect them the most of the three teams. So I think uh, it might end up being a two-horse race between Dortmund and Bayern. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that some teams probably have to change their playing styles if they're going to want to win. But we're, I think that when we see these first games from uh, Sunday or Saturday to Monday, starting at 9.30 a.m. FS1 for the U.S. crowd, uh, we're going to have to look at these games and then go forward and say, okay, what what will this have to look like? Because no one really knows. Uh, so that's kind of where that's happening, uh, you know, just being a 
being really just tough for the moment. But relegation is tight, too, at the bottom. Uh, Josh Sarge, an American player, is involved with Werder Bremen there in the relegation zone. Uh, so that's another tight race. You probably, you know, that's another another thing probably similar, if you will, to the top of the table where we're going to see, uh, you know, it's going to be about who's, who's the healthiest, who's going to maintain this the best. Um, you mentioned to me yesterday you, you uh, were looking at safety changes that the clubs have been taking. What, um, what measures are there that some people might not know about? Well, I know one specifically is that some teams have had some of their players just sleep in their training facilities, which I think is the, a good way of social distancing and keeping your players healthy. I mean, no better way to monitor your players than just have them sleep there. And um, I know another thing that they've been doing is just individual training sessions. I know specific groups have been working in, what, small groups, and then those small yeah. groups are kind of separate from each other. That's a good way. That's really the only way that you can train under social distancing practices. So I think um, they really are going to be the, the benchmark and blueprint of how other leagues decide to um, get things going again, just analyzing how they're training, what they're doing with their players, et cetera, and things like that. Yeah, as far as training, I think the easiest thing for uh, easiest group of players to adjust to this is goalkeepers. So goalkeepers usually mm-hmm. train apart from the first for, apart from the team uh, as a, on, a, on a regular basis. So they're probably going about this pretty normally uh, as opposed to the field players who are used to all this stuff. But really interesting there what's going to happen. All eyes are on the Bundesliga. Uh, we kind of have gone over why we're excited because this, this league is a league where you have a lot of good quality players and a lot of good quality American players and also a good race at the top. But um, speaking of these American players, uh, can you name a couple of them for us, Terry? And then how about we talk about why Americans should watch the Bundesliga, no matter if they like soccer or not? Well, one dude that you're going to see Saturday morning is a, a good mil- midfield player that I rate very highly, Weston McKinney. He plays for Schalke. He can do a lot of different things. I think he's an attacking midfielder, can create assists, get goals, and I think he's a very exciting prospect for – Americans to keep an eye on and why should why should we be excited well it's live sports it's soccer you know we love the game I I mean I'll watch any league at this point but Bundesliga is a good league to watch so I think we all should be excited I think that they're going to put on a show for us of course of course we'll see hopefully see Tyler Adams too uh hopefully me another just like Weston McKinney great player maybe Gio Reyna will get some minutes for Dortmund and I, and I think uh, the easiest way to get into a sport is to find a team that you like. I know uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I was a guy that I was like, I don't like the MLS, blah, blah, blah. And then Atlanta United came up, you know, club that's very near South Carolina. I was like, huh, I like Atlanta. I like MLS. You know, I can follow this team. So I think that's a good way to get into a sport. And I hope yeah, exactly. that Americans watch the Bundesliga League and are like, oh, huh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure everyone's heard of Bayern Munich and maybe Borussia Dortmund, but I think that you might see after this weekend some people going to YouTube or other social media platforms and saying, what can I learn about even, uh, you know, Schalke? Or what can I learn about um, FC Cologne or something? You know, what, what, can I, what can I learn about those clubs if they like something? You know, maybe they see a really cool goal that someone scores and that's what draws them to it. 
So I think there's a lot of cool ways that people can really get involved with this after this weekend. And then you know, maybe you see some really good viewership going forward for this league. Exactly. From Americans, yeah. Um, now we're going to go to England, Terry. And Danny Rose, who plays for Newcastle United, which I did not know he played for Newcastle at all. That looks yeah, kind of under the radar. Under yeah. um, <laughs> uh, he has had some choice words um, about soccer returning in England. June 12th is a prospective date to return for the Premier League. Um, but Rose doesn't want football to be back until there's a reduction in COVID cases. So yeah, it's, it's interesting just uh, – from his his comments, it's, he was pretty passionate about it. I think he mentioned those feelings on Instagram Live. But what did what was your reaction to it right off the bat? Um, my reaction to it right off the bat, I shifted my mind from this quote immediately to a quote from Sergio Aguero the week before because this Danny Rose thing. It was talking about the nation's morale, and then I immediately thought of Sergio Aguero when he said, "Uh." He's, it's more about his family than the game. And I was like, Sergio Aguero is an Argentine. I'm not really – I know that he works in England, but I'm not really certain why the nation's morale should be on his shoulders, for example, and other people that aren't really from England. Even though they work there, like, why that nation's morale, what does that mean to him? So that's that's really my first reaction. But as to Danny Rose, you know, I guess he's just a guy that – just like Sergio Aguero values safety and all that compared to other people. But this is a time where it's definitely okay to be a little self-centered and say, you know, I don't really want to do this right now. Because to be fair, you know, the players, um, this, this is a time where they, I don't know if they have any leverage, but you can definitely understand why they don't like it. I think Danny Rose's comments were a little bit callous and maybe he just wanted to not beat around the bush and not play it uh, maybe safe for other people. But um and I would recommend that everyone listen to it because it was some very <laughs> tough comments. Yeah, it was pretty tough. Um, it was he—he he definitely uh, didn't hold back at all. Um, he said he didn't listen to the prime minister's address on Sunday, so I'm a little wary of just how much he's informed about it. Uh, but the the return for the really could could be uh, after. June 1st, because sport can return in that country behind closed doors after the start of the mm-hmm. next month. Um, how are we thinking that the EPL is going to compare to these other leagues in Europe with right with you know right now? How is it? How how are you know? I I personally think they're being a little slow, um, but yeah. What, what do you make of it? Because Germany is back training, uh, Spain is back training. I- you know, and of course, Germany's back this weekend. Do, do you think that it, it, there's a lot of pressure on the Premier League as far as, you know, compared to other leagues? What do you think about just... I mean, I, I agree that just the process and the reaction is slow, and that's creating this big bubble of uncertainty. Like, as you said, you know, Bundesliga come back this weekend, Spain training, Italy, they're talking about training, but like England they're still, like, having this conversation as to whether they should cancel or not. Like, they have no – no one knows what's going to happen. And then I saw a report a couple of days ago that another Brighton play, uh, player tested positive for coronavirus, so they still have uh, players yeah. falling ill to it. So I yeah, think that there's a – there's still all. just a lot of uncertainty out there with England. And I at this point, 
they're the one league that I can say I have no idea of what they're going to do because I think uh, the government said that they could come back June June first, and I'm not sure if that's going to happen. That's right about now. half the month away. I don't know if they can get their act in half the month. It just seems like they're they're a lot slower than our leagues. I don't know why, but at this point, you know, it's it's definitely a really uh, it's definitely going to be hard decision for them. It, they can feasibly we talked about this yesterday. They can we they can feasibly finish this season before the summer ends, but it just it's gonna. I think they need to speed it up because you're gonna get some criticism drawn for them. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting to go back to Rose for a bit. He said he didn't want any football tills or reduction in COVID cases. And while that is valid for you to say, you know, when cases go down, um, then he wants it back. But to be fair, you know, it, I don't know what he's going to be satisfied about with those cases because there are going to be cases going in uh, to the summer months. I think it's really about and how, you know, pe- the states here in the U.S. are reopening is about how many people are actually in the hospitals and you know, how many people are actually being taken care of. Um, in the hospitals for this virus, I think that's a bigger indication. So I'm, you know, that's a little, that's a small nitpicky thing from my point point of view. But for me, I feel like if Danny Rose is waiting for COVID cases to go way down, he's gonna have to wait a while to play. Yeah, exactly. I feel like uh, there's a, I'm getting this vibe from a lot of English players or players that play in England that they kind of want the league to just cancel. And what Danny Rose is saying, you know, I I don't know. I mean, as long as all the players are getting tested, people, staffs getting tested, all the players within or people within the club are getting tested. I mean, I don't really see why they can't go on. You know, they take the UFC, for example. You know, they had an event last Saturday. Everyone got tested. There was a, There was someone that tested positive for it, and they just didn't compete in the event. And I feel like maybe England could take – use that as an example. And I know that they're doing that in the Bundesliga as well. People are getting tested. People are even training in masks. So, I mean, as long as they use that as an example, a return might be sooner yeah, I, rather I than later. the Bundesliga's plan was very, very thorough. I mean, they, you had different, you had like the starting 11 or something like that going into the changing room, changing, going out, and it would be scrub clean. So it's, you know, the level of just uh, meticulous logistics that they have in Germany mm-hmm. should be used everywhere because that plan, when I read it and we both read it, was seemed just foolproof. Like they, everything was covered. I had really no questions after that uh, because it seemed like there, everything would be covered from that. Moving on, you know, we talked about, uh, it, talked about England and Germany for a lot, Terry, uh, but MLS can resume Outdoor training. Actually, they have resumed outdoor training because today is the uh, 13th of May. They resumed, out, they resumed individual outdoor training um, at their team complexes on 6th of May. And so now, Don Garber, the commissioner, wants to finish the season. He's quoted saying, but we're going to have to push this season as far as we can so that we can crown a champion in 2020. Uh, let's get right into it, Terry. Do, do you think that MLS with uh, – two match days played can logistically and properly do that within this calendar year? They'll be able to finish the season, but they probably won't be able to finish it in a conventional way. I mean, especially with it being an American sport, you know, you're competing with uh, other sports for views. So I think uh, Dan Garber 
I think he's going to have to find a very creative way to finish the season. But they are in a good position compared to a lot of other soccer leagues because MLS, as you said, only got to play two games. So it's almost as if it didn't actually happen. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, exactly. So unlike like the Premier League, for example, which played almost all of its season already. But um, I think there's going to be a very creative way to finish the MLS. And me and you, we were talking about it beforehand, like, Maybe they could do some regional thing like baseball does. Like, I know mm -hmm. baseball teams play just about the same four or five teams, like half the season. So maybe you could split it up into regions. Like, for example, Atlanta United could play D.C. and Orlando City and Inter Miami, like, yeah, for like their regular season. Of course. I think with going back to comparing MLS and the Premier League and other European leagues, each situation we're in presents, you know, Pros and cons of merely gets thinking, okay, we have only this many games to play. For MLS, you could look at it at the same, we have you know, a lot more games left to play. From looking at it as, from a completion standpoint, oh my gosh, you know, the Premier League kind of has to finish it because they have, they have, you know, there's so much more at stake there. They have only eight to 10 games left. But for MLS, they have so many left, it's that you might think, hold on a minute, like, does it really make sense to judge some something off two games if you're, you know, you, you really can't. So they have to finish the season in some fashion, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to um, as the sports calendar gets really crowded come the fall. And yeah. I've never been a fan of a winter MLS final to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. And in the past couple of years, we've had teams like Seattle and Toronto um, make the final and you play MLS Cup in a very freezing, freezing outdoor stadium most yeah. of the time. So I, I feel like MLS needs a brand change. Going back to what you're saying about the regional thing, I tried to work out um, West region, um, Midwest region, or Central region, and then, you know, Northeast and Southeast region. And the numbers didn't add up evenly. You had two regions of seven and then two regions of six. So I think what they might, they, what do you think about um, splitting it down the middle and saying, okay, keep Eastern Conference, keep Western Conference, and have it be a sort of tournament thing where everyone plays each team once in their conference and then make it just like MLS, just have MLS Cup playoffs. Just have a preview. Okay. You think that might work? I think so. But before I get into that, there's one thing that I do want to throw in there. Um, we have to keep in mind that even though MLS has played two games, that was a while ago. So player fitness is probably more important for MLS than other leagues because two games – I mean, keep keep in mind, think about players that didn't make uh, the playoffs last season, what that ends in, what, August, September, and then you go through that long layoff, play two games, and then you haven't played since. That's a long time. Yeah, exactly. A lot of competitive experience. But as you said about the playoffs, um, I think it's going to be tricky because, uh, as you know, in this country, there are some places that really don't have many COVID cases, and there may be some that are COVID hotspots. So, like, take uh, NYCFC, for example. I'm not sure if they're going to get to play any soccer for a while up there. So, they're going to be somewhat of a, at a disadvantage compared to other teams like yeah. uh, Atlanta, Atlanta United. You know, Georgia opened their state up a long time ago. So, they're going to have a big home field advantage compared to a team like NYCFC, mm -hmm. who probably can't play at home for a while. Yeah, this is why neutral sites are being considered because also in NYFC State, in NYCFC Stadium, the Yankees play there. So 
you know, it's if baseball wants to start back up July 4th weekend here in the States and MLS is still like, uh, well, you know, we want to use this stadium too for the New York City team. Well, that might not work. It, what could happen there, just to be thinking of New York, um, is that the um, NYCFC and the Red Bulls could play at the Red Bull Arena in New Jersey. So maybe that would mm-hmm. work. But That's a solution. I think, uh, I, I think it really will be just because the American sports calendar is so the bottom line is that since it's so crowded, it's going to be tough because um, in places like um, New York, you know, you're playing in a baseball stadium and stuff like that. So when, you know, one team has a logistical issue, everyone has a logistical, logistical issue. So I think you MLS did more so with what you're saying for um, reorienting the season based on format. Um, that's not as big an issue. It's where do we play it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Logistically, yeah, where do you play it? But um, I think normal MLS seasons, I think each team plays like 34 games in the regular season. I think that we all just have to come to grips and say that's that that's not going to happen in a short yeah, amount of time. you cannot play 34 matches. Yeah, especially with player fitness being so on edge. People, a lot a lot of MLS players right now are probably not fit. And no. It just it's not gonna happen. So I mean, think think about it. I mean, if you know, you're not even close to you. You are not even in a touching distance. You you just started and then you stop. It's kind of like it never happened. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. I mean, can, can, you know, no one is no one can talk about what happened through two games. There are no storylines except for who won and lost, really. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of thing where you think are the play the players would they really be up for finishing this whole season because it's just such a long time it, mm-hmm. that kind of doesn't make any sense to me i think the best thing based on what we're talking about is re, is you know also the, the players might be fine with uh some warm weather um i know it's summer in the u.s soon but uh i feel like reorienting the season and just making it as easy on the players as possible would would be good um, but they're they're training right now, so they're they're getting back into the swing of things with their clubs based on um, where they're where they're located. So hopefully we'll have it come back soon. But do you think that MLS should change their schedule based on this coronavirus to operate differently in the longer term? Because to me, I we talked last night about how the season just kind of strikes at a time where uh, it has to compete with a lot of stuff and it gets lost, and the most important part of the season gets lost amongst NFL football and playoff baseball, and then the NBA starts up and NHL starts up. So for me, it's like MLS Cup Finals kind of just wedged in there between everything else that's been already established. They, I think the MLS is stuck between a brick and a hard place. Even though I do, I think me and you both believe that they need to change it to more, uh, mimic more of the European calendar. They really are between a brick and a hard place. I think the brick is American sports, and the hard place is competing with other soccer leagues. But I think um, yeah, they should try to compete with other soccer leagues. I think they should try to have their MLS Cup final somewhere in those summer months. Yeah. I think June, Make July. Make MLS a summer sport, please. Yeah, I mean, start it up sometime in late fall, early winter, and try to end it in the summer. Because, quite frankly, there's not really much going on in this country in the June. Once the NBA finals start, I mean, stops, and then football picks up, there really isn't anything there. So I think MLS can wedge itself um, in between there. 
But I do think that yeah. they have fears about competing with other soccer leagues. But, I mean, if you're confident in yourself and you think that you have the ability to grow, why not go at them, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that's a pretty just point because you have a lot of big names that play in this league now. You have a lot of young players that play in this league now. And if you had an MLS Cup final, think about this, right before NFL preseason, NFL training camp, when in June and July there's nothing going on, that's perfect because you have the playoffs spread over a couple months. But all right, look, we have a July something final. MLS could now say, okay, we'll, we'll do this tournament kind of format and then go into a prolonged offseason, change our operations, and then uh, make sure that we come back around the fall, winter time, start up then, and then we're going and uh, we're lasting, uh, you know, in the summer months. But only time will tell us. We don't make decisions, yeah, and, unfortunately. And another thing that I'll address, they have a really long layoff for teams that don't make the playoffs. Do you think about it? it yeah, if you don't make the playoffs, what the season ends in what uh, August, September in that range, and then you don't pick up a ball or kick a ball again competitively until March. That's a really long layoff for soccer players. If you are a player that might want to consider coming to the league, and you don't, you think, oh man, if we don't make the playoffs, or if we exit early the playoffs, I'm not playing soccer for a long time. That's yeah. pretty nuts, e- even without the current virus. It really is, and. And, you know, the MLS is a team that's always fighting for players to come to its, its league, and it has to make itself more attractive for those players, and I think that's something that they really do need to look at. And that's it for today's episode. As always, follow us on Instagram at CLTL Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys, and catch us next week. Jogo bonito.